Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. You may have heard allusions to the connection between these Islamic extremist terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, and their connections to Iran and our own policies toward Iran factoring into their attacks on Israel. Well, we're going to hear from someone who connects the dots and explains all of this really well. John Hanna is a senior fellow at the Jewish Institute for National Security of America. And his last job in government, after three tours in government at the State Department and White House, was as Vice President Cheney's national security advisor. But he's worked under both Democrat and Republican administrations. I recently interviewed him for full measure, and now you get to hear the entire unedited version, which fills in a lot of blanks when it comes to the connections between Iran and the terrorist groups that are targeting Israel. He also answers the question of whether he thinks this attack on Israel would have happened if Donald Trump were president. Here's John Hanna. In the big picture in the Middle East, if you could give a synopsis, books could be written about this, I understand, but of how we got to the place we are today, because there's a lot of young people that haven't followed the history in the Mideast or been taught it. What would you say is the story behind where we are? I think it's the 1979 revolution in Iran and Iran's determination for the last 40, almost 45 years to not only undermine America in the Middle East, but to destroy the state of Israel and for Iran itself to spread its revolution and achieve a degree of geopolitical primacy and hegemony in the Middle East. So you believe Iran is the main factor behind these terrorist groups and the actions they're taking in Israel today? There's no question that Iran has built a network of terrorist armies across the Middle East, including, in this case, Hamas, which it has armed, trained, and funded right up to the minute of October the 7th, 2023, when 1,400 Israelis were massacred as a result of the Iranian Hamas Hezbollah genocidal project to kill the Jewish state. Do we know how Iran specifically funds these terrorist organizations? Well, there's there's no question they do it through a lot of illicit activities and oil sales that unfortunately in the last several years, the Biden administration has really taken its foot off the pedal of enforcing the maximum sanctions that President Trump had instituted after leaving the Iran nuclear deal. So Iran is now selling nearly as much oil on the market, primarily to our major enemy in China, uh, as it has at any point in the last five years. 
One top Israeli official told me off camera that this attack on Israel by Hamas would not have happened, he thinks, if President Trump were in office. What are your thoughts on that? It's really hard to go back with those kinds of, of counterfactuals. Um, uh, I think you've, you've just got to look at the set of facts you have. And I, I believe, listen, the Israelis made massive mistakes of their own on the intelligence front and their preparedness and the assumptions they made about whether or not they could actually deter Hamas from this kind of attack. But I also have to say that President Biden's as good as he's been supporting Israel in this crisis, he's been equally as bad over the last two years in empowering the Islamic Republic of Iran to be able to fund and train and arm these proxies to an extent where they're capable and they actually believe they can undertake these kinds of attacks and not suffer catastrophic consequences. I don't believe from the Iranians or from any of their proxies, there's adequate fear of what costs they may have to pay as a result of these kinds of atrocities. And that includes a lack of fear of the United States. People may have heard that the Biden administration freed up billions of dollars in Iranian money that we had control of or we had frozen. In other words, making money available to Iran. Additionally, that we traded or paid for hostages to be released from Iran, which is something that you always hear is not supposed to do because it encourages the taking of hostages. Are these things factors you think that may have played a role in Iran's empowerment and encouraging these terrorist groups? There's no question that the Biden administration's efforts to de-escalate tensions with Iran, which included Unfortunately, mostly through lack of enforcement, massive sanctions relief, billions and billions of dollars, whether it was through these uh, hostage payments, whether it was the movement of money out of bank accounts in South Korea and Iraq, tens of billions of dollars into accounts that might have been available to Iran. And most importantly, this failure to enforce oil sanctions and allowing Iran to sell as much oil as it had has every single day to China over the last several years that that has dramatically increased the budgets available to Iran's revolutionary guards to spread this kind of mayhem and havoc across the Middle East. An Israeli official told us that he feels that Israel was in a weak position in terms of its own the perception of its own weaknesses. What was going on inside Israel at home for people that don't know that could have made these terrorist groups think Israel was weak and it was a good time to invade or attack? I think there's no question that since this new government came into power in Israel, this right-wing government, and had at the very top of its agenda, apparently, this very controversial item of uh, dramatically changing the nature of the Israeli judiciary and cutting down the powers and authority of the Israeli Supreme Court, just proved unbelievably divisive in Israeli society up to the point of um, very prestigious uh, uh, pilots in the Air Force Reserves and other uh, very elite units in the Israeli military threatening not to show up for duty 
And we know from the statements of uh, people like uh, the leader of Lebanese Hezbollah's terrorist group, uh, not Hassan Nasrallah, that they were watching what was happening in Israeli Israel very closely. They saw this kind of very partisan fight and divide, and it looked to them like Israel Israeli society was coming apart. And I, I have almost no doubt that they calculated, I think they miscalculated, that now was the time to actually strike Israel and see what kind of, of havoc and division they could wreak in Israeli society because their mission is clearly to make life in Israel unbearable for people to live, have families, and live a normal life. And that's what they sought to achieve on October the 7th, to instigate that kind of terror and fear into average Israeli households and families, that Israel is no longer a safe place or a safe haven for Jews, that it can't fulfill its primary mission since its founding in 1948. We have thousands of agents operating overseas, FBI, CIA, military intelligence, whose job is to monitor and try to anticipate and prevent an attack like the one that occurred. We apparently didn't have a heads up or have any warning of this. The Israeli intelligence folks didn't have any warning. Should we be concerned that an event this big was missed? Well, let me put it differently. How concerned should we be that an event this big was missed by our Israeli and U.S. intelligence capabilities. Oh, I think there should be a four-alarm fire, as 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 much of an alarm as nine eleven, as after nine eleven, for the American people and the American intelligence community. This was a massive failure, first and foremost, on the part of Israeli intelligence. Uh, it was being wedded to a set of assumptions, a conception about the enemy that were proven completely wrong, not enough uh, red teaming and second guessing of those assumptions, um, everything fitting into a, a, a particular uh, worldview that obviously did not apply. Uh, uh, it was a striking failure. And it, we know from history that the American intelligence community is susceptible to precisely those kinds of dangers we hope We've repaired those uh, and uh, and corrected some of those mistakes from 9-11. But it's obvious that the price of security and safety and freedom for our societies remains constant vigilance, constant self-examination. Do we have it right? And constant questioning to make sure that we're learning the lessons from the past. What were some of the assumptions prior to the Hamas attack? Was it that they didn't have the capabilities or the desire to pull off something like that? For sure, that they they neither had the capabilities and that they were, in fact, deterred. That Hamas, the belief was that Hamas in Gaza actually had a stake in governing, in serving their people, in developing some level of prosperity for the Palestinian economy, that they would not be prepared to sacrifice in the interests of a massive attack like this that would obviously lead Israel to retaliate in a way that is going to leave Gaza in rubble. But in fact, on, on the morning of October the 7th, we learned Hamas is perfectly willing to sacrifice all of Gaza for its interests in trying to carry out its project of eliminating the state of Israel from the map, that thought that you could deter Hamas 
that they were a normal, rational, political actor that had an interest in governing that little slice of territory. All of that was completely shattered, and along with it, the image of Israeli overwhelming power and deterrence in the Middle East. And that now, as much as anything, is what the Israeli defense forces need to restore in a in a very urgent basis. Can you speak to how the war and the conflict in the Mideast is impacting the threats here in the United States at home? What's likely happening now? Well, I think it's, you know, for, for some of us, it's it's absolutely shocking some of the reactions to the atrocities that were committed in Israel on October the 7th. Within a matter of days, we had large-scale groups and protests out in the street expressing levels of support for Hamas uh, and what what happened on October the 7th, including in particular on some of our college campuses and entire Jewish communities uh, and, and bodies under under threat from extremists and, and, and radicals within our own society. I think that's been particularly disturbing to see the degree of Jew hatred, and that's what it has to be called, that is rising in American society. And I just think it's absolutely crucial uh, that our leadership, both in Congress and the administration and government officials at every level of our society, uh, together with with our own societies to mobilize, to figure out how we're going to get on top of this and and not allow it to spread because it is it, it is coming for the Jews. But believe me, it will come for the entire idea. Uh, it's a dagger pointed at the heart of the American ideal itself. How do you see all of this ending in the Mideast? If you had to guess today, this is something you think that goes on for months or even years in terms of the conflict? I think certainly a matter of months. We need to settle in for the long haul because it, there's one objective that Israel has clearly defined, and that is when the dust settles on this war, Hamas cannot be in charge of Gaza any longer. And that is, given the nature of the terrain in Gaza, the intense urban fighting, both above the surface of the ground and in hundreds and hundreds of miles of, of tunnels. This is going to be a very brutal battle and a long slog. The big question mark is, can it be contained to Gaza or does this lead to a much larger regional conflagration? A lot of that is up to the supreme leader in Iran and whether or not he decides to unleash his terrorist armies uh, in Yemen, in Iraq, in Lebanon, in Syria, in order to try and save Hamas, and whether the United States and Israel and whatever other allies we have in the world who have military capability to bring to bear can convince the Ayatollahs in Iran and in Lebanon that it will be their worst day if they decide to get into this fight against Israel in a, in a big way, because they won't only be taking on Israel, they'll have to contend with the United States Armed Forces as well. Regardless of what happens, do you have any doubt that Israel ends up surviving and winning? I have no, I have no doubt that Israel is going to survive and, 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 and continue to thrive for another 75 years. I feel confident about that. But, but in the short term, it's very, very important. 
It's important for Israel and Israel's survival, but it is important for America and the entire West that this battle against a genocidal terrorist group that no country, certainly not the United States, would allow to exist on our doorstep for three three uh, weeks, much less three days, if they had perpetrated the kinds of atrocity on America that they perpetrated on Israel on October the 7th. Uh, it's absolutely crucial for all of us that Israel win this fight. And Israel's not looking to anybody else to win this fight against Iran and this genocidal terrorist group. The IDF is going to do it on its own. It only asks for American material support and for American diplomatic cover to give their boys and girls the time and space they need to get this job done once and for all, instead of just simply returning to a status quo before October the 7th that has played out for the last 20 years, that has only led now to five wars, each one more deadly and worse than the, the one before it. Uh, allowing that to happen would be a very bad ending to this war, not only for Israel, but for the United States and all freedom-loving friends around the world. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Was one reason behind the timing of the Hamas attack the idea that Israel was seemed to be forging a closer relationship to Saudi Arabia, threat putting a threat to maybe... The idea that Israel was alone and sort of isolated in the Mideast? I think no question that for Iran and all of the uh, uh, its allies in the rejectionist camp, the thought of having the world's only Jewish state forging an open relationship of peace with the world's most influential Arab and Muslim state that is would have been a dagger at the heart of their entire raison d'etre for that regime in Tehran. It would have completely undermined the legitimacy of their ideology, which stands at the core of the revolution to destroy the state of Israel, eliminate the Zionist 
entity. So the timing of this for me is absolutely no no accident. The hope of derailing and disrupting that peace train that only a month ago the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia said is moving closer and closer every day. That really set off the alarm bells in Tehran and Beirut and all of those terrorist proxies that the Iranians uh, control. Did Hamas indeed derail the progress between Israel and Saudi Arabia? We'll see. In part, that depends on us and how this war plays plays out. Uh, I think it clearly has, has, has they've hit the pause button in the Arab world because like everyone else, I think on October the 7th, the earth moved under their, their feet. We are in a new day in the Middle East in which Israeli, Israeli and American deterrence has been laid low. Iran and its proxies look ascendant and they look like they have the power to, to reach out and touch and harm even their most powerful uh, adversary in the region, the state of Israel. You can only imagine what the, the weaker states in the Gulf, the Saudis, Emiratis, and others must be thinking what the Iranians would be capable of doing to them. So for the moment, I think they've hit the pause button. They're laying low and they want to see how this plays out. But I can assure you that behind the scenes, these Arab leaders are hoping that Israel and the Israeli defense forces finish this job as completely and quickly as possible and deliver a major body blow to Iran and the the so-called axis of resistance around the Middle East. Besides Iran, Hamas and Hezbollah apparently get money from other sources, including it's been found there there have been found to be ties between groups here in the United States and these terrorist groups. Maybe they sound like a charity, but they're caught giving money, you know, to Hamas or Hezbollah. Oh, there's no question. There have been serious FBI investigations and court cases brought against uh, American front organizations for Hamas who were engaged in all kinds of illegal fundraising uh, to support um, what was out and out a, a terrorist group, according to the United States government. Uh, so there are um, operations here in the United States to earn contraband funds. There are connections between the Iranian threat network and drug and criminal gangs throughout the world, including in Latin America, not too far from our, our own southern border. So this is a worldwide global operation um, that Iran is is conducting to circumvent sanctions and conduct illegal businesses around the world that's unquestionably worth billions and billions of dollars. And then it's been said that Hezbollah has developed partnerships in the past decade with the the Mexican and South American drug cartels because they have a similar interest in moving money and and drugs. In other words, they they can use the same routes to move contraband or illegal traffic. So they've got something in common. I think that's exactly right. And they have common a common enemy, which is the uh, the authority and uh, of, of of the United States government, law enforcement agencies uh, that are that are operating against them. So there is a lot of common cause, common operational practices, and I, I think it's one serving. Serving the other, it's a uh, uh, it's an alliance of convenience for sure, but it's a it's an alliance of evil that is uh, 
not only undermining our laws, but uh, clearly poses a major, major threat to our, our national security. You can watch the edited interview with John Hanna that aired November 5th on Sunday on Full Measure by going to fullmeasure.news and also there an interview with a White House spokesman, Adrian Watson, about the U.S. hostages being held and the ones that are trapped hostage also by circumstance in Gaza. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave a good review, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson Podcast, and for a list of stations where you can watch Full Measure on Sunday, go to CherylAckeson.com, click the Full Measure tab for a list of stations and times. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking on the Store tab for some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. We have products with great slogans such as I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. And do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.